Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our reaction to the list of players that came out who are participating in the draft combine. So the draft combine takes place today and lasts until, I believe it's October 16th. We're basically going over the biggest names that are participating, the biggest names that are not participating, and some of our sleepers that are participating in this combine. So Jalen, who are some of the biggest participants that are participating in the combine? So obviously like the bigger names are like LaMelo Ball, Denny Avdia, uh, Isaac Okoro, RJ Hampton. I think the, the the most interesting one out of like quote unquote notables would be Jaden Scrub, the JUCO prospect. Um, those are the five guys that really stood out to me on this list. Cassius Stanley is another one out of Duke that like I think his athleticism in a combine like environment is gonna be just the kind of thing that like you know, it kind of puts Cassius Stanley is the most interesting one, I'll say, out of everybody we already named because of the fact that he's the one that reminds me a lot of um, who's the guy out of uh, Milwaukee or he's out of Villan- Villanova that went to Milwaukee. Dante Div- DiVincenzo, I believe is his name. Dante DiVincenzo, this past combine coming into this year was – I mean, he was pretty much off the radar. He hopped onto the national scene when Villanova obviously won the championship, and that kind of changed the dynamic for him as a prospect. But what he did in the combine, vertical leap, a lot of his participation in the five-on-fives, things like that, some of his individual uh, statistics that he that he showed, like measurables and things like that, that he showed off at last year, I think it was last year or the year before his combine, is what really rose Dante into being a first round pick rather than being a late second round pick, if not going undrafted. I think that Cassius Stanley to me, I feel like it's a first round pick just off of raw athleticism by itself. But I think a combine like setting could give him a Dante DiVincenzo like effect where he might shoot up boards just off of pure measurables and numbers and in a combine like setting. Um, Outside of that, obviously, you know, Jaden Scrub, Juco prospect, first Juco draft prospect, I think, in the history of the NBA, if not one of very few. Um, 6'6 guard, combo guard. Um, If you're any draft evaluator, you've probably not seen a ton of him uh, just because Juco prospects typically uh, transfer. He was actually supposed to be a guy that was either going to attend Texas Tech or I believe it was like Syracuse or even Louisville, I believe, was the other one. He was supposed to be the next guy up behind Jordan War this upcoming year up at Louisville, I think it was. So usually they transfer to a school of that caliber and then burst onto the scene and move into the NBA um, pro- draft process. So those two are the most interesting ones for me as notable guys who are on this list, who it's interesting to see what a combine could do for them, considering they're up against guys like LaMelo and RJ and Denny who have like, and Isaac Okoro who have like all caught 
national attention. Is there any of those guys that like plucks out of you, plucks out of you specifically um, in a way where you think that the combine actually can like help or hurt any of these guys? I would say, of course, the obvious answer is probably LaMelo Ball, um, simply because I know you mentioned that the Timberwolves may end up taking him at number one instead of Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman. So, I mean, I think for a guy like LaMelo Ball, this can really only help improve his draft stock. Of course, he's slated to be maybe the third overall pick or a top three pick. I think he has a chance now to prove in this combine why he should be the number one overall pick. Um, I'm looking at some of the other notable participants, too, um, with RJ Hampton, Danny Avdia, Isaac Okoro. I think there's a lot of good prospects in there, and I think a lot of them can make a case for why they should be drafted in the first round. Of course, Isaac Okoro with his defense. I think he's one of the better defenders in this draft. Denny Avdia is a great wing facilitator. Denny Avdia is almost kind of a mystery playing overseas because nobody really knows what to expect of him. Um, and are they going to get a guy like Kristaps Porzingis where he is an international player and makes the transition well over to the NBA? RJ Hampton, really another guy, goes to play ball overseas in Australia, and now he's got a chance to really show why he's a first-round pick. I think he's a solid player. So I think that, you know, these players are really, really making an impact here, or are really going to make an impact at this combine. I'm also looking at the other names too, with uh, potential second round picks and Ashton Hagens, uh, Marcus Howard, uh, Marquette, um, Kenyon Martin Jr., the son of Kenyon Martin. I think there's a lot of interesting names here. Peyton Pritchard as well, the senior guard from Oregon. I think it's more or less just trying to prove for most of the second round guys or the potential second round guys, why they're first round picks. Of course, Marcus Howard is an undersized guard at 5'10". Maybe that is going to hinder his draft stock. Peyton Pritchard, again, he's a senior at Oregon. He's a great basketball player, but is that going to hinder his draft stock? It's just questions like that that are really going to determine how other draft scouts view these players. And so let's kind of let's like bounce off of what you were saying with that and like let's kind of like break it down a little bit. So we'll start with like the notable guys who we saw on the list who are potential first round picks and then we'll move to the guys who we think are like potential second round picks out of the guys that are on this roster as a whole. Who's one guy out of our notable participants that's a, uh, that's projected to be a first round pick that you would like to see specifically if you could be a fly on the wall as a scout, who would be the one guy you would want to go see work out and what is the one thing you expect or would like to see from them when you come away from that that draft audition essentially who's one guy that like stands out and what would you want to see they, them show off? I would like to see Denny Abdia and just how he um, really his five on five drills. I think I want to see how he transitions to the NBA. Like I was saying earlier, you know, as an overseas player, it's really going to determine how well you transition over to the NBA. I think there's a lot of good qualities about Denny Abdia that we talked about in our draft series. I believe it was about the Chicago Bulls that we talked about possibly Denny Abdia being their draft pick. Um, so I really want to see what he does in the five on how he does in the five on five drills. What about you? Um, I think 
just because I'm not entirely sure about whether or not they'll do five on five, that's still like to be seen because it seems like they're going to do a lot of individualized stuff. Um, the two guys that come to mind for me are RJ Hampton and Isaac Okoro. RJ is simply just, are you healthy? He left the NBL early because of an injury similar to LaMelo Ball as well. Both left because of injury concerns. And, you know, RJ is an all around talented slashing guard. I mean, he's a guy who can get up there. He, plays physically, plays with physicality. He's a guy who might not be the biggest, but can finish strong at the rim. Uh, you just want to be able to make sure that that explosiveness is still there. I think, I believe it was a foot injury that uh, led RJ to pull out of the NBL um, midway through the season. So that would be my big thing with him. The other one would be Isaac Okoro. And I think the biggest thing is just his three-point shooting. He is the best three, three and D wing in this draft. If he, if they ask him to shoot, or if he goes into his his video uh, display or whatever the circumstances is in terms of how they ask uh, these prospects to present their skills, if he can go out there and hit, I don't know, eighty to ninety of uh, of a hundred three point shoot a uh, hundred point uh, three point shots, that's a good look to me. I feel like his three point ability is the only thing that's truly lacking in his offensive game. He's already a good enough uh, cutter. He's already a guy, like you mentioned beforehand, defensively has the has the NBA body to be a one through three defender in the NBA. I think the biggest thing is just like if he can translate his three point shooting ability to the next level, that makes him a top five draft pick off the rip. And for him, considering where he's slated anywhere between eight and 10, I mean, maybe as early as six, that can make him a top five draft pick just by itself being able to be a lifestyle shooter. So it would probably be those two. Yeah, I think with Akuro, the big thing with him is his three-point shooting. Obviously a great defender. He has the mechanics to be a great defender and fit in any NBA defense. But I think it's really going to come down to his three-point shooting. And RJ Hampton, there's some questions for me about how he played overseas and how he will transition over to the NBA. I know he was great coming out of high school, but decided to play overseas. So it's just about the transition, much like with Danny Avdia, how you transition back over to the NBA. So looking at some of the non-participants, I can easily see about five top 10 picks potentially not participating um, of course, with guys like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, and Ayeka Nkongwu not participating in this draft or in the draft combine. So, Jalen, who stands out to you the most? Out of those five players, who stands out to you the most? Probably, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, all of them. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, I, I hate to, like, not be able to pick a side, but, like, if we just go down the list, Anthony Edwards is a guy who, like, I feel like probably will jump off the screen for people in a draft combine situation just because of his frame, his overall build, his just NBA readiness, honestly, as an overall prospect. I think his biggest thing is just the fact that he probably needs to work on shot selection and uh, being being able to be a better facilitator. And under the current combine rules, we don't know if that's something he'll necessarily be able to show off. Um, James Wiseman only got three games under his belt and he's pretty much just been working at his own pace this entire time. So the limited tape on him and the fact that you just have to rely on 
three college games and a couple of AAU games, uh, game tapes is kind of rough. So I felt like for James, like, yes, he has everything a modern day big needs, including the three point shot in order to show off that he could be a top three pick and it would be respectable. But I feel like with the limited, uh, footage on James really as a like NBA prospect makes it where a combine would have been a perfect scenario to kind of show off like what, certain scouts might not already know about him Killian Hayes um is on the list um he's a guy who I thought wasn't going to honestly it kind of shocked me when it popped up um I felt as though he was going to be somebody that didn't but um actually I'm kind of proud that he is because he's going to be a prospect that I think moves up if he can show off his ability to uh shoot the ball a little bit more Alexi Pokusevsky is a guy who's not on the list and as like a unicorn like prospect like like Kristaps was i feel like just being able to burst on the scene as like a late first round pick right now is like looking like what he's going to be at um him not doing the combine only kind of slates him down there unless something comes out about Alexi that we don't know in terms of like maybe he put on 20 pounds during quarantine and like is bulked up or just something significant that like changes his overall rankings Obi Toppin is a guy who's older. I think he's one of the older guys in this draft, and he's slated to go in the top 10. But he, I mean, he had one good year at Dayton. And other than that, we don't have a lot of tape on him in terms of being able to show his productivity as a number one, number two, or number three option. He played on a Dayton team that just was extremely strong as a roster, not really just Obi carrying everything. And then on Yeka Nkongu, I mean, granted, I don't really know what he can show defensively in a combine, but I guess his his measurables, like his, you know, certain things like broad jump, shuttle speeds, uh, how high he can jump, certain things like that might stand out and, you know, make him potentially a better prospect at center than James Wiseman just by doing the combine when James Wiseman chose not to. So I felt like that was an opportunity that Anyaka could have jumped on that he left off the books. And I don't think it'll hurt him. I still think he'll go, go as a lottery pick. But I felt like this would have been a good chance to assert himself as the better center, center than James Wiseman. And I think he's about to miss out on it. So, like, each guy has this one slotted reason as to why them not participating could potentially, like, hurt them. But I think that every single guy in this in this listing has first round, if not at least, like, I mean, most of these guys are lottery pick slotted right now as it is. Alexi Pogusevsky is the only guy that's maybe not a lottery pick right now. But all of them have first-round talent, and most of them are mocked in the top 10. So I think the main reason why they're not participating is just because, like, they know they're going in the lottery, and they feel as though there's nothing else they need to do. But, like, where do you stand on all of it? There's really two players that stand out to me the most, and it's James Wiseman and Obi Toppin. And I think for all the reasons that you named – um, James Wiseman has only played three games in college and there's not a lot of tape at all. And again, it's not really his fault that he didn't play, but again, I feel like if he played the entire season, NBA teams would have slated him as the surefire number one pick, regardless of who was there at number one. I think James Wiseman is definitely the old school center from the two thousands, like a uh, Shaquille O'Neal that could really dominate in the low post and then just take over in the paint. I think James Wiseman is that type of player, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do in the NBA. Unfortunately, 
he's not in the combine, which I feel like won't really hinder his chances of being a top three pick, but I would have loved to see what he had. And the same thing for Obi Toppin. Again, Obi Toppin only has one year's worth of tape. And as much as that's, as much as that's enough, I'm not really sure if that's going to elevate his draft stock even higher. I feel like that he is a top five pick at worst, a top 10 pick, but I feel like the extra footage, the extra tape of seeing guys like Wiseman and top and play, I feel like I would have loved to see it. Yeah, man. I think the biggest thing with those guys is just, you, you wonder whether or not they may have gotten a promise already from a team or something of that nature where they feel as though there was no need. Um, if they've been slotted this high all year, I feel as though maybe they just feel like they have nothing to really gain and that the combine may actually give them more to lose than the gain. Um, you know, as an NBA fan, obviously you would think like, oh, I just want to see him play. And that's obviously like the first thing that comes to mind. You even mentioned it a few times. But in the in the uh for the sake of them and what they believe their draft stock is and what their agent may or may not be telling them about the circumstances, it might just not be a good business move. And I mean, I can respect that too. So, I mean, either way, those guys all kind of jump off the page and you wonder what a draft combine could do for them, but I can't necessarily say I'm upset about them not participating. I just feel as though they all have certain dockets that if they checked off said box, it would shoot their draft stock up. But I guess when you're in the position like most of these guys are where they're already within the top five or top 10, how much more do you really need to shoot up? It's more about fit at that point. So So transitioning now to potential sleepers in this draft. And Jalen, I've mentioned this a couple times. I feel like there's a lot of sleepers in this draft. So Jalen, who stands out to you? So I'm just going to go down the list of guys that I put when I sent Ryan this topic because I was just like extremely hype about like the certain amount of guys. So I'm just going to list off the few that like came to mind off the rip. And then I'm going to point out a few of them that like really, I feel like this combine could make them just like, I mean, rocket launch up the board potentially. So the guys that I listed off were Tyrell Terry, Malachi Flynn, Aston Hagens, Grant Riller, Khalil Whitney, Kenyon Martin, Devin, Devon Dotson, Desmond Bain, Theo Maladon, Kareem Maine, and Jaden Scrub. Um, another guy who I like completely forgot off the list that Ryan reminded me so kindly of was my boy Miles Powell is also participating. And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be huge. Um, out of all of those guys, obviously, you know, Ryan's already made it clear on past episodes that like Miles Powell is my guy. So, of course, I would love to see him. But the two guys I really want to see um, in this combine and the two guys that I feel like may benefit the most from this combine are actually Kareem Maine out of Canada and Jaden Scrub out of junior college. Um, I love Tyro Terry and Malachi Flynn. Those are two guys that I just feel like are bare minimum first like first five picks off the board in the second round I just feel like they're that talented as guys and um, they have a lot to show off and I think Tyrell Terry is probably the better of the two so I expect him if he has a really good combine to shoot from the second round actually into a late first round pick for a championship contender at, at that point guard shooting guard position but Kareem Maine is a guy in Canada who he has all the build and all the tools 
to be an NBA contributor day one. He's a guy that's not really on a lot of people, a lot of people's boards because his biggest thing as of late has just been like, he needs a promise from a team to, de- to decide whether or not he wants to go pro now or to wait. And I think the combine is the perfect situation for him to be able to go get that promise. It's just like if you play in an AAU tournament and you have coach K and Calipari and Bill Self and all these guys show up, you want to play well because you're just waiting for that one offer. You don't need all three of them to offer. You just need one of them to offer. And it's automatically going to make you feel extremely confident about whatever your college decisions are. I feel like the same thing goes for Kareem Maine, where he's a talented guy. Again, limited tape in situations playing overseas um, in Canada. Um, not a ton of talent out, out of Canada in terms of like, you know, transitioning playing in leagues over there obviously we've had Canadian prospects but in terms of guys who play their professional slash high school basketball predominantly over there mainly professional basketball in terms of Kareem Maine we haven't seen really a lot of guys come from over there and that'll probably be the biggest question mark but he's just looking to go get an offer like any normal college kid he's just shooting for it on a way bigger scale waiting for an NBA team to say what's up to him the other thing is Jaden Scrub I mean honestly we're in unique situations over here man 6'6 guard gets to strut his stuff out of junior college and potentially be at bare minimum a second round pick for a road for a team that might make him a rotational guard I feel like he's in a perfect situation where um, just know I'm not going to spoil it, but his name is going to come up a couple of times in the next couple of videos we have as a potential undrafted free agent pickup for a certain team or two or a second round steal for a team or two in these next couple episodes because there's a couple of teams that I think a guy like Jaden Scrub can slide into and instantly be a rotational piece just based off what his measurables are alone. And in a good system, he could be your second best scoring option on a team. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. You can Google him, YouTube him. Trust me, the, the kid is different. I think he just needs the right, the right people looking at him. And that's exactly what the NBA combine does. So I would go with those two. How about you? I actually have a lot of players to watch. Of course, I mentioned earlier with Peyton Pritchard and Marcus Howard potentially going undrafted. Honestly, I would love to see Marcus Howard and Peyton Pritchard show out at this combine. I also kind of want to see Grant Riller as well. I mentioned Grant Riller on the um, the Denver Nuggets episode as their potential first-round selection. He can really shoot the ball. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter coming out of the College of Charleston. He's definitely somebody I want to watch out for. Ashton Hagens as well out of Kentucky, a good defender. I just think that he needs to work on possibly spacing the floor on the offensive side. I don't know. I just I think that there's a lot of players that can really make an impact and improve their draft stock. Of course, we mentioned Miles Powell. I think Miles Powell is a great a great player coming out of Seton Hall. He's almost like a scoring machine. And I feel like even though at six two, he fits in the NBA well considering that there's a lot of guards who are, are 6'3", 6'2", playing in the NBA, and I feel like that he really kind of fits the system. Um, I do kind of want to see Trey Jones a little bit more because I'm not really sold on Trey Jones yet. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that I think that can make an impact. 
So let's go off of that real quick and and do this. Um, I'm going to name a couple of guys who we've seen over the last couple of weeks, like when we've checked the websites and things like that, about guys who are potentially either really, really late first, I mean, really, really late second rounders or potentially going undrafted. And out of the guys that I name, I want you to pick one guy who you think with the combine, with the help of the combine, could potentially play himself in to a second round or even a first round uh, pick potentially. So here are these, I'm gonna name five guys. The first one is going to be my guy, Miles Powell, of course. Um, the second guy I'm gonna name off is Mamadi Diakite out of Virginia, part of that championship team um, a year ago. The other guy that I'm gonna name off is Kenyon Martin Jr. Number four, is going to be, I want to go with a guy like Robert Woodard uh, the second out of Mississippi State, which ironically enough has been put in a really weird position because he's all over the place on draft boards between the second round and not being drafted. And the last guy that I want to name off is, I'm going to go with Malachi Flynn. So out of those guys, who is the one guy who you think with the with the combine alone, you feel like could shoot himself into either a second round pick if he's going undrafted on most boards or a guy who can shoot himself into the first round if he's on of he's on the board as a second rounder on most people's draft boards right now. I feel like Malachi Flynn is already a draft pick. I feel like he's definitely an asset to a contending team, a playoff contending team. Um, but Miles Powell, again, there's just something about him that I like, and I think he's just a scoring machine coming out of Seton Hall. Definitely fits the mold of the positionless basketball that you've mentioned time and time again. I just think that he's a guy who can really elevate his draft stock with the combine. How about you? Um, obviously my obvious answer would probably be Miles Powell too, but I'm going to actually go with Malachi. I genuinely feel as though he is an NBA prospect, dude. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. He is an NBA prospect, like a legit one too. And he's a guy who I think the, the Fred Van Vliet's of the world and people like that have opened up a little bit of a niche for like the small guard that plays like intelligently can shoot the ball and legitimately can get his other teammates involved. And I think that's like right up Malachi's alley. I think that at this point in the game with positionless basketball, yes, he could potentially be a net negative, but there's a lot of top NBA point guards that we've seen that are net negatives. I mean, Damian Lillard is not a, a plus defender but he can light you up for 40 a night. Um, Kyrie Irving is not a plus defender. He's a plus defender on given nights, but it's an effort thing with Kyrie because for the most part, he is an, he's more of an offensive threat. Um, I mean, yeah, just some of the top guards. I mean, for the longest, up until recently, James Harden was considered a turnstile in the NBA. Um, granted, Malachi does not have the the height that maybe a James Harden has, or maybe like a, like a Kyrie, like I believe Malachi is in between that six, one, six, two range, but that's exactly where guys like Fred Van Vliet. Um, yeah. Guy, I mean, guys of that mode, even a Lou Williams to a lesser degree, these are all guys that I feel like Malachi 
maybe not from a flamethrower standpoint could mimic himself after, but as just an intelligent ball player that can keep himself on the court, I feel like with a good combine, he's a guy who I feel like genuinely for a championship team looking for a point guard, maybe a guy, maybe a team like, ironically enough, like Milwaukee, who I mentioned earlier with Dante DiVincenzo, like they're a team that's desperate at point guard, I feel like, and just genuinely needs like a mentally tough distributing point guard, you know, a la Malcolm Brogdon, you know, who they pretty much, you know, gave away for a bag of chips, it felt like. I mean, I feel like Malachi Flynn brings something to a championship team in need of a point guard that, like, with a good combine, he could really show off. So I'm going to go with him. I think that's a good selection. And Malachi Flynn definitely bounced it between the first and second round. I think maybe the combine could really help him be a surefire first-round pick. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, who do you see as a potential sleeper in the NBA draft combine? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And of course, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.